Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Okay, so it's been a while since we've recorded. Um, so I've accumulated a few topics that we can go over for the intro. And you just let me know like what kind of what kind of strikes your fancy. Okay? Sure, sure. Um, the Grimace Shake, still, still a hot topic to talk about. We could talk about the Grimace Shake. Okay. Uh, um, the the Titanic. I feel like it's been a while. I have nothing funny to say. I just kind of feel like uh, we're obligated to like mention it. It's yeah. been a while. Um, yep. We can talk about how Paramount just deleted the entirety of the Pink Ladies TV show just like a week after it finished. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could talk about the Colleen Ballinger apology video. Okay, let's do the Grimace and Colleen Ballinger. Uh, two. Okay, cool. Yes, um, because here's the thing. The first one's gonna Grimace is gonna be short because I yeah. have no idea what it is. It's everywhere and nowhere at the same time because okay, I first, don't know what the details are. Do you know who Grimace is? Yeah, he's a purple character of like the mascot of McDonald's. Correct. But, and yeah. so you know, as a mascot, he's been in and out of retirement for the last like twenty years. Um, right. And and they made they a shake, just, right? Correct to celebrate his, his birthday. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And. Um, the internet decided this is wild, and the trend that they decided to do for it um, was they would take a grimace shake, they would drink it, and it would, uh, and then they would create mm, an incredibly grisly murder scene using the grimace shake as kind of like <laughs> the gore of the scene, um, I- implying that the grimace shake is somehow um, a malicious homicidal tool. Um, and nice. I don't know. <laughs> I just think that's kind of, but also incredibly on brand for just like the vibe of Grimace, right? Yeah. So Grimace in general is kind of an anomaly in terms of like aura and atmosphere. You could put Grimace in like any situation and I'd be like, yeah, that fits. Yeah. Cause the thing is he's like so ambiguous. If he was a, he could be a football mascot. He could be a mascot for any other franchise he's just like nondescript mascot like hey we had this purple costume lying around let's make a character about it yeah and mcdonald's has also done some other cool stuff with this marketing like they made like a game boy color game that actually runs on game boy color emulators whoa and it's not long it's like a 30 minute platformer but the fact that they would like go out of their way to like make an old school Game Boy game is really cool. And so, like, the the amount of effort that they're putting into this whole Grimace, like, I've never been like, yes, let me participate in the limited time fast food marketing release. I've never been that kind of guy. Oh, do you know what this reminds me of? What does this remind you of? Szechuan sauce. Yes. Very similar. Except Szechuan sauce, I feel like, was a little more accidental. The Grimace Shake was very much like, how do we make the most of this? Yeah. Let's create a meme. Yes, exactly. So I just, I feel like we needed to, like, look at it and be like, Grimace, you're weird, but it's working for you. Okay. So caught up with that. What's with this Colleen Ballinger? So I know who she is. I know she's under fire. I think it has something to do with grooming. Or interactions with children. 
And that's Correct. So, pretty heavy topic to be like, Craig, how do you make this funny? Well, it's easy, because she made it funny. So, Colleen Ballinger, if you don't know, was Miranda Sings. Still is, technically. She made Miranda Sings videos recently. Oh, um, so, when her, when her like grooming accusation started, um, instead of responding like a normal person, she made a 10-minute apology video okay. um, that was a ukulele song. Okay, not... Now you're supposed to apologize. <laughs> I'm like and ten minutes. That means she put thought into it, and it's probably recorded. No cuts to show you know that you're being sincere. But singing it—that's a lot of like the the COVID number of celebrities started singing. Uh huh. That yeah. same vibes. Same vibes. And let's be clear, it's not like one of those like stand-up comics where she's kind of just like playing the ukulele as like a background noise to like what she's saying. No, 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 no. This was a fully written 10-minute song with hooks, choruses, rhymes, and very clearly drafted lyrics. And so the thing that I think about that, the reason why I bring that up is because there are so many points in content creation where you have the ability to stop, look at what you've done, and be like, I actually don't think that's very good. Especially when it's something that you do yourself. The number of TikToks that I have started to make, and as I'm recording it, I thought, oh, actually this joke isn't funny. And then I've just stopped and abandoned the whole idea. It like That number is huge. I have an incredibly dense comedy filter when it comes to like, purposeful videos online do you know how much more effort it takes to do all that and put it to music like at, do you think it was just th- a sunken cost thing like it dude i spent two days be. writing these lyrics <laughs> if i don't put this out it's a huge waste of time <laughs> and so it must have been like i've yeah it's this this is a when stuff like this happens, it genuinely makes me think, oh, this person has a mental illness. Like, it's got to be, right? And I'm pretty sure she opens the video. I, I haven't, I've only watched it once. And if I recall correctly, she said, my PR team advised me not to say anything about this. So I'm going to sing uh, it that's instead. That's how you know it's going to be good. That's how you know <laughs> it's going to be good. The and... people who do this for a living and are trying to keep me out of trouble. All said this is a bad idea. But me, an amateur, a person who has nothing to do with that industry, has chosen otherwise against their better judgment. And that's usually when you end up on the news. And, like, we've all seen apology videos. Like, we've all seen the Logan Paul one. We've, like, a lot of them are just sit in front of camera, ramble off an apology. This took dedicated This is a learning experience. I, I hope we can all grow from this. I'm sorry for the people I hurt. I never meant to do this, yada, yada, yada. These certain allegations that would send me to prison are not true, but they are questionable. And let's be clear. She doesn't say sorry during this video. At no point does she take accountability. It's all everyone's trying to ruin my career. Everyone has it out against me, and you're part of the problem for believing them. Okay, so here's what her PR team did do. Whatever you do, don't admit fault. (laughs) It's best not to say anything, but if you're going to make this video anyway, don't say I'm sorry because it means you actually did it. And she goes, don't say sorry. Got it. (laughs) Target the victims. (laughs) Call them liars. (laughs) 
That's what they meant to say. Anyone that's on my side, throw them away. Yeah. We don't need them. She's like, well, I already wrote 10 minutes worth of lyrics, so I can't find anything else that rhymes with this, so that's going to just have to stay in. Uh, and, and the most quoted line that I've seen, the most memed online, is when she says, not a groomer, just a loser. Which, like, chef's kiss. What more can you say? <laughs> Those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can be a loser and a groomer. Like, imagine being like, hey, man, I'm not into kids. I like cheeseburgers. <laughs> hey, man, you can like both. <laughs> There's no way I'm a diddler. I have a Bugatti. Yeah, dude. It's like those people who are like, I mean, that's it's such a wild thing to say. Being like, Christmas sucks because my birthday is awesome. Be like, hey, yeah. man, what? <laughs> Show your work. I want to know how you drew drew this conclusion. I'm more confused now that you said that. Um, And as of recording today, the fourth, it has 8 million views and 1 million dislikes. That's <laughs> a lot of dislikes. Because here's the thing. Most people won't say anything. Yeah. If, uh-huh. if one quarter of the people who interact with the video say something... It's bad, bro. That's always bad. You're not going to get a quarter uh, interaction and have it be positive. That never happens. It's, oh man, it's, I, I just wanted to bring it up because it's too cartoonish to not talk about it. It's, I think it might be it, so bad. I bet you her PR team drops her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I bet you they're going to drop her and be like, hey, this is unsalvageable. We need to save our own reputation. We can't represent her. It feels like a segment from Glee. Yeah, yeah. This sounds like something Miranda would do, and not a actual human being who's not a character. Yeah. Um. But now that we've had all all of our fun, let's let's transition into our movie segment. Um. We are doing our summertime sadness, where we're watching a bunch of sad movies during the summer in hopes that it'll kind of balance out. We'll have some sort of equal equilibrium in our emotions. And we'll be good. So we're starting off with like our romance sadness. And this is a movie called Blue Valentine. It's a 2011 movie. We're probably going to go super in depth on it. If you don't want to hear us talk about it, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code 32 minutes, 23 seconds. I want you to go first. Okay. This movie is very realistic. It's very realistic. So realistic that. Within two minutes of this movie starting, I'm like, I think Ryan Gosling is me. Because his uh, interactions with his daughter, almost word for word, are things I've said to Willow. Okay. It's incredible how like accurate Ryan Gosling plays a father. And I think he was a father at the time he made this movie. He's a dad now. I just don't know how old <laughs> yeah, his kids are. Yeah, stopped being a dad since I'm not then, super man. familiar with when he became a father or how old his kids are. But like, it's impressive his like communication with his kid and like shout out his daughter who's not in most not in most of this movie um she's staying with her grandfather her interactions with her dad extremely realistic as well it's impressive yeah yeah Um, for me that was my favorite parts of the movie was watching him interact with the daughter for sure um so this whole movie this romantic sadness is um this movie portrays a marriage of about 12 years. That's how old his kid was. 10, 12. Um, it, I, it's hard to I say. Was about that. She could be I younger. Would, I, 
I would have said somewhere between I would have guessed like eight. Yeah, she's doing she's doing like an ele- she's doing an elementary school recital is yes. like one of the points of the movie. Is I would say an el- third or fourth grade, so definitely younger than twelve. Yeah, but like so, not a toddler, so like eight to ten. Yeah. Um, and so he's been married for about that long. Um, and over the relationship, their the relationship with each other has gone stale. I think they've both focused so much on the kids. There's outside stressors like family, finances, things like that. Um, changing of jobs that's put stress on their relationship, and now they're not focusing on each other anymore, and their identity's kind of getting flaky. Um, so. In order to rectify that, um, they get away for a night at a hotel. Um, the kind of the the catalyst for that was they found out their dog had been hit by a car, and they're just like, "We just." And Ryan was like, "I just gotta get out of this house. I just gotta get out of here." Um, so, it's it's called Blue Valentine because I mean, it's just a blue hotel, right? <laughs> they're staying in the future room. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's got blue lights, and it's a romance movie. Um. And then it does back. It does flashbacks to how they were when they initially met, and their courting, and their early relationship, and juxtaposed with where they're at right now. And that's the entire movie. Yeah, um, I have seen this movie. I have seen this story before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the movie that I've seen it before is most like equatable to the last five years is the movie that I thought of when I watched Blue Valentine. That's fair. Um, And almost everything about it, I liked better in the last five years. And the two big comparisons that I'm going to make is the nonlinear storytelling and um, the way the couple is perceived. A lot of the problems that I have with this movie is the framing for how it chooses to um, let us think about the characters. So like you said, this movie opens with us seeing these very wholesome interactions between Ryan Gosling and the daughter character. And Michelle Williams, who plays the wife, the mother, um, she is purposefully written in these early scenes to be like the stick in the mud in these... Um, in these scenes, Ryan Gosling's trying to have fun and like, you know, be silly during breakfast. And Michelle Williams is like, no, we have to get ready. We're late. We have to go. And that kind of perspective consists throughout this entire movie. Um, the, um, Michelle Williams's character's name is Cindy and, uh, Dean is Ryan Gosling. So Cindy spends a lot of time stressed. She seems to be the responsible one. And because of that, she like, I feel like a lot of the blame in the relationship is thrown on her. I think this movie goes out of its own way to make us resent Cindy in a way that I did not love. Like Cindy was the one, like, it made it seem like Cindy was not trying to put any work into the relationship and she was but more focused s- on. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I see what you're going with that, but I think people who are in a relationship understand because that like it, that's not what real life is like a lot. Cause what it feels like the movie is from a kid's perspective where one, what there's the cool dad and there's the boring mom. But the boring mom is the most reasonable person. And she's called him a kid like multiple times in this movie. Like, I don't want another child right now. Can you freaking yes. grow up, please? Um, and I think, I, I mean, a lot of people don't won't like her because she's the one who's like, I'm over this. 
So the person who usually taps out first gets the role of the bad guy, even if it's the other person's fault, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. Like if Ryan and... Gosling were to cheat on her, he's the bad guy, but because she says, I can't do this anymore, she's the bad guy. So I think Correct. this movie frames it really well because it makes it look like, hey, she's a stick in the mud. She's not having fun. She's the one who's trying to get stuff done. But she's also the one who makes sure her kid gets to school on time. Ryan Gosling's character, Dean, didn't even graduate high school. He says, it's not for me. There's a flashback to a conversation at the dinner table later in the movie. We're talking to his dad, be like, I don't know, high school isn't all that's cracked up to be. Like, great, but like, this is an elementary schooler. And so, because this movie is told asynchronously, we Mm -hmm. are revealed details about their relationship that makes this whole dynamic make a lot more sense. For example, they are together really only out of obligation to start with. Um, Because uh, Cindy is dating this guy uh, that gets her pregnant. She doesn't know it yet. Like they, like they had like, Oh, and by the way, gets her pregnant, not consensually. Correct. Yes. They had sex consensually. She did not agree to having a child with this guy. And so when that happens, they break up. She's like, I'm done. And like, then starts seeing Dean a few days or like a week later and then finds out she's pregnant. So Dean is kind of thrown into this. Um, sh- Dean was just trying to date a girl. That that was it. Yeah. He, he was just like, I think you're pretty. I want to date you. And when she's like, I'm pregnant with the last guy I was seeing. Well, she does, The thing is, she doesn't know. Because okay. th- I, this always bothers me about movies. Because you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And they just never tell you. There's a bunch of montages. There's a bunch of dates that you see. We have no idea how long they've been together. But she says, I don't know whose it is. Because he asks, is it mine? She goes, I don't know. And he goes, is there a possibility that there's it's other people? And she goes, yeah. And, and he goes, like, I don't know if he says how many other people. And she goes, just, I think there's another guy. So he doesn't know if it's his or not. And, and that's tricky because if it only been a week or two, then obviously it's not his. But there's like a montage of multiple dates. We just don't know how long they've been together. Okay. and But because that montage happens so quickly, it still feels like it's like. Like they just started. Exactly. Like it's early, and, like two months or less. And because of that, Dean sticks around, right? And that's yeah. what I mean when their relationship is built off of obligation. And so Cindy is pregnant and Dean sticks around, which like, good, I'm glad. Like, Yeah, no. because the other guy is straight up abusive. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's actually abusive, physically abusive, sexually abusive, emotionally abusive. He's just... A bad dude. Um, And so for Dean to be in the picture and to help her out is the good choice. Yes. Um, But because of the circumstances of how their relationship starts, they just like never click. I never thought they had chemistry. Even when they do the flashback scenes and they're going on cute dates and they're doing cute things and like. There's a scene where Ryan Gosling is playing the guitar or a ukulele or something and uh, oh, she's tap dancing and she's tap dancing. It's and it's supposed to be like, this is the cute moment where you resonate with the couple. Didn't feel anything. I was I had already written this couple off so hard that by the time we got to the cute flashback moments, I was like, why? This doesn't help the situation. Like, I 
I never felt like the the moments where things were good were good enough to where I felt heartbroken when things were bad. It's just okay. like, oh, these two were just normal people and they had some cute moments. I, I never felt like anyone was head over heels. I was not rooting for this relationship at any point. Yeah, I think you're you're pretty close to how I feel about it because they are regular people. And in real life, regular people get married for reasons other than we're in love. Yes. And Ryan uh-huh. Dawson, even there's a scene where he goes, I think guys are more rom- romantic than women because guys don't want to get married. But they think this woman is so amazing and so special that I'll make the exception for her. I'll marry her. And for women, this is what he says. He goes, eventually they read a point in their life where they look at their options and say, who has the most stable job? Who can take care of me? Where's the stability at? And they just marry that guy. It's not romantic at all. Um, And that is like foreshadowing for this movie because he pursues her. He tries to find her. He bumped into her, finds her grandmother, gets her information and just like bumps into her, tracks her down. And then like all their dates, it's so obvious that Ryan Gosling is just a charismatic guy. He's got Riz out the ears, bro. And I think any normal girl would just like being around him because he's nice and he's sweet. But like, there's not chemistry there. It's not a give and take. It's not 50-50. I think she just likes him because he's cool. And he likes her because she's different. But that's as deep as it goes. That's it. Like this, in real life, would have been a six-month relationship. And then they would have decided, hey, I like you a lot. I just don't see a future together. And then that would have been it. But because kids got involved, they're essentially stuck together. And then this is what many people in real life do. It's like, we're stuck together. Let's make the best of a bad situation. And then this happens freaking 10 years later, eight, nine years later. And you look yourself, you look in the mirror and go, this is not where I thought my life would be. This is not, I don't feel good about this. And you're a nice guy, but you're just a guy who I have history with. Not chemistry, just we've put the time in. And I'm like, it might, it's not, inherently interesting or romantic it's just real so i want to say that yes this this movie is very real and i think we've discussed before realism does not a good movie make <laughs> yeah realism just because i mean for me and i don't know if this is the first movie you think of it's boyhood boyhood although real is one of the most boring movies ever yeah so the scene that I point to, to really like dissect the problem. And when I say the problem, I mean like, like one of the reasons why I don't like this movie is because of the dialogue. I think the dialogue is, oh, I do not like it at all. And oh, dude, I was laughing out loud for a lot of this. But I, I and, and like, I'm not talking about like, you know, comedy or what, you know, whatever jokes get thrown in there. But just like the I way just, they communicate. Exactly. And the scene that I think about is when they run into Bobby Ontario at the store, Cindy goes back in the car and tells Dean about it. And like, she's like, don't worry, he got fat and stuff. He goes, why do I care if he's fat? Is that that supposed to make me feel better? And it's this like, why do I care? And it's this like two minute argument where they're just like, it's just Dean repeating the same things over and over again. And like Cindy like trying to apologize, Dean twisting those words and just like making it more of an argument than it needed to be. And again, this goes back to like the, that's, that's how arguments get started is, you know, one person manipulates words and blah, 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 blah. Like fine, whatever. It still makes it a boring and frustrating scene to watch. 
See, I um, like that scene because it's one of those things that for all those people who thought, oh, she's a stick in the mud. She's the bad one in this relationship. You see this guy being like, hey, man, why are you, why are you talking like this? This is wild because yeah. you're saying the right things, but you're going about it the wrong way and it's coming off as mean. This happens again where she goes, you have so much potential. Why are you doing this? And he goes, because I just want to be a dad and a husband. I didn't want to be that, but now that I have it, it's the best thing ever. And I'm like, those words are nice, but you're being so mean about it. And she says that. She goes, you're, just, you're, just, you're twisting what I'm saying. This is not what I mean. And I'm like, this is the microcosm of both of these people think they're the good guy. Yeah. And it's, dude, I thought it was, the dialogue was awesome. <laughs> um, I, I love that feeling. I saw both sides and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's right. And so in that concept of like both of them thinking they're the good guy, um, the big part of this movie like where the modern day characters spend most of this movie's runtime is in that hotel in the future room and yep. what an incredibly boring sequence of scenes where every time we cut back to them it's ju- it's just the same nonsense of like dean trying to do something romantic cindy bouncing off of it and then they resent each other for a few minutes until the flashback ends and we start a new sequence here. Like, it's, yeah. It, it really just felt like the movie was trying to beat us over the head with, like, this couple isn't compatible. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been watching this movie. So I, yeah. just, I, I felt a lot of the the problems with this is that, like, it it doesn't go anywhere until the very end. And so this movie, the way this movie starts is this couple is not compatible. There's friction. And then the movie ends with them getting divorced. And we're like, oh, wow, who could have seen that coming? And I think the who could have seen that coming is just a contradiction, not of real life, because that makes sense in real life. But in movies, it's supposed to get better. So the plot twist is that it's going how it should go. That's the plot twist of, hey, just because this is a movie doesn't mean there's happy endings. It just sucks sometimes. Yeah, I just, I <laughs> I did not. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. That's when I was watching this and, and Macy even looked at me. She goes, oh, Craig's not going to like this movie. <laughs> Craig's not going to like this movie. There's, there's a lot of subtleties. There's a lot of just real. At the end of the day, this movie is just real life beating you over the head over and over and over again being like i'm not like other movies i'm not like other movies we're gonna do this and there's not gonna be a happy ending and not all things work out and we're gonna show the darker part of relationships and you either like it or you don't (laughs) yeah that's that's it and it's not to say that like i couldn't like a movie like again to compare it to the last five years that's how the last five years ends the the last five years starts with anna kendrick singing this five-minute ballad about um, her coming home to find out that, like, she had been divorced through a handwritten letter. That's how the movie starts. So we know it ends in divorce. But the way that movie ends is um, Jeremy Jordan writing said uh, divorce letter. And but Oh, just is this like the, the movie also a musical on Broadway or something? And this is where, like, one is going one direction and one storyteller is going the other direction? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we talked about this a long time ago. A long, long time ago. And so it's not to say that 
I don't like movies that don't have happy endings, and I don't like movies that where the relationship doesn't end well. That's not you know it, that's not the blank slate we're that's not the blanket statement we're we're throwing out here. But I just think that this movie does it in an incredibly boring and predictable way with a couple that has zero chemistry. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I dig it. So before we wrap this up, um, we. Watched Brokeback Mountain on Small and Tall for Pride Month, and Michelle Williams is in that movie, too. And this just continues my campaign of, uh, will someone please let Michelle Williams play a single happy character? Just once would be nice. Because, like, in The Greatest Showman, her husband is, you know, touring the country and getting kissed on by other women. In Brokeback Mountain, her husband is being is cheating on her with someone else. In The Fablemans, you know, we watch her mental state deteriorate in real time. Like, she just cannot catch a break. Yeah, dude. Um, dude, in uh, All the Money in the World, her dad's a billionaire or her grandfather's a billionaire and her daughter gets kidnapped and held for ransom. And he's like, I'm not giving in. <laughs> oh, grandkids? Do you know how many grandkids I have? I have a billion dollars. If I paid them all what they're worth, I'd have no money. I'm not paying for it. Oh and my she's God. the mom talking to a grandfather being like, what is going, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, you're not going to uh, save them. Be like, I'm not doing it. I have too many kids. I can't be, I can't make a precedent of this. It's wild, bro. She, yeah. I think it's, I mean, she does such a good job of being the relatable character. Like the person who looks at this, the straight man of being like, this is freaking crazy. I do I have to be the yes. responsible one. And she plays a very realistic, sad person. <laughs> yeah. You feel uh-huh. for her. Because she got she's gotten Oscar nominated five times. Yeah. What yeah, so she was nominated for Brokeback Mountain, Blue Valentine, Week with Marilyn, Manchester by the Sea, and The Fablemans. All of which don't end well for her. <laughs> yeah. She does it so well. She's been Oscar nominated five times. For the same, vari- different variations on the same character. So, just I, I wanted to, you know, I like to shout out Michelle Williams whenever she comes across because she's always sad. But she's cool um, though. I like her. Yeah. I think this movie made me like her. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I'm gonna be a little harsh. It's okay. I'm not going to. Okay. Four point seven five. Jeez. <laughs> this is gonna be the biggest disparity i think we've had because i'm giving it an eight okay we've definitely had bigger disparities i'm saying like this season okay this season we've been pretty consistent just like one or two like i mean i'm I'm just looking at transformers like there was movies i really didn't like and you kind of liked them but they were only like one and a half two points away citizen kane is a pretty big gap but this is this is our biggest gap this season i think that's crazy, but yeah, um, let's move. But it's on, on brand. Yeah, Respect it's on brand. brand. It's on brand. Exactly what we expected. Did you feel the sadness that you were anticipating when we chose this movie? No, it's here's the thing. I man, I don't know how real I'm gonna get on this podcast. Let's just choose not to be real. I'm not gonna be real. Okay. Um, but half of all marriages right now end in divorce. So like, it's sad that it's happening. It's sad that, uh, especially when kids are involved, but you get desensitized. So it doesn't make me sad, but it does like shine a light on a depressing fact. Like they are just a statistic. You know what I mean? Okay. So like it didn't make me like I didn't ever get teary eyed. There are times where I'm like, this freaking sucks. A lot of what happened. There's a couple of scenes in Blue Valentine. Also, by the way. 
rated R, rated R for a good reason. No kids should be watching this. Lots of nudity, lots of swearing, emotional abuse, guys getting whooped on. It's just bad news. It's hard to watch for some people. But just because something's hard to watch doesn't equate to me like it being sad. It's sad circumstances, but like I never got close to crying. None of that hit me yet. Okay. You know, Fair enough. I didn't have to pause the movie because it was hard. I didn't have to pause it to it because it was hard to watch. It was harder to watch for Macy. Sure, sure. Yeah, just not my cup of tea. Oh, well. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Let's do an improv segment. Um, Sweet. We are going to do some micro scenes. The way this works is Alex and I have just prepped a few just quick scenes that really don't have a lot of structure, and then we'll do a few of them in a row. Sure. Um, the first one Let's that I do, have written. We can just alternate ours. So yeah. you, me, you, me. Yeah. You. The first one that I have written is uh, two people gossip about things that don't really matter. Um, and you'll get the vibe because okay. I have one written as like a tone setter. Dope. Oh, oh my God. Did you see that Timmy doesn't know algebra? Dude, I was teaching my kids algebra the other day. Anyone who doesn't know algebra obviously shouldn't have even graduated high school. Like, like, did he learn algebra and like forget it? Or do you think he just like never knew it in the first place? I don't know how anyone could forget it. So he obviously never knew it in the first place. But that being said, I just ran into a person the other day who didn't know that PH makes an, a fuss sound. Like they what? They didn't know a PH made a fuss sound. So like, do they not, do they avoid those words when they say them or like, have they been spelling Or did they wrong? just spell... I saw it because they spelled photograph, F-O-T-O. Okay. And photograph is like the most popular PH word, right? Like yeah. Can agree but I think that, they've like, just been saying pick for a long time. Oh, so it just like doesn't come up. Huh. Interesting. So they just like never the, type it out. But the P in pick would like... I feel like imply that photo also is a P, right? But I guess if you don't know, don't you know, wouldn't man. know, right? I guess, I guess if you um, don't know, you wouldn't know. But I also learned that Danny squishes bugs with the heel of his shoe, not the toe of his shoe. I feel like that puts a lot of weight on your foot. Just like in general. And like, it's easier to miss that way. Yeah. I definitely feel like that messes with the dexterity of your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of dexterity um, of your ankle, um, have you thought about how you can like avoid carpal tunnel? Just like I feel like general? it's unavoidable at this point. Yeah. I feel like it's unavoidable. Well, you got to do like the exercises, right? You just got to like get full rotations in there. Make sure they're not like staying in the wrists. same place. Yeah, strong wrist. You know, my grandma had one of those like those like uh, grip strengtheners that like my brother and I would just kind of like play with as a fidget toy. And I'm sure like they have like wrist versions of those. I mean, I um, guess. Where would you buy something like that? Amazon? Um, Probably, right? Uh, what would you like search? A, like wrist a workout strengthener? store? Yeah. You know. How, or you could just, I'm sure you could like Google how to avoid carpal tunnel, I think. Um, do you know the difference between carpal tunnel and arthritis? Because I feel like they're pretty close to the same thing. I think carpal tunnel is specific to your wrists and hands. And arthritis is just general joint pain. Interesting. Hey, um, apropos of nothing. Uh, did you know that Danny, when he makes sandwiches, uses a fork to spread the condiments? That's insane yeah that's insane because what's gonna happen is that this the sauce is gonna be stuck in between the tongs and you're just gonna miss out on that so you're just wasting some and then you like 
but you like press it into the bread to like get them off the prongs. But now your bread has an indent in it, and there's like a glob of condiments like uh like in a section of the sandwich. I think Danny might be a psychopath. Also, so many people just use the knife they use to spread it to cut the sandwich. So not using two utensils. So I'm gonna spread it with a fork and take out a separate knife just to cut it. That's two things I have to clean now. I don't know, man. Also, fork's not a great way to get stuff out of a jar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not smart at all. A spoon would even be better than that. Hey, did you hear that I think most things would be better. Hey, did you hear that Danny killed a man? (laughs) Really? I heard he killed himself. Is that man himself, you think? I feel like that'd be a weird thing to put in a headline. Man kills a man, and that man is himself. Very confusing. Anyway, I think we've reached the the next conclusion to that. All right, I'm going to go back to work. (laughs) Nice talking (laughs) to you. Just like water cooler talk. (laughs) Um, So mine is uh, a wedding allows a one uh, plus one, but everyone gets to put in a minus one for people someone else can't bring. Okay. And you find out that your significant other is blacklisted and you have to break Uh, it to them. Okay. So, um, um, I got good news. I got bad news. Okay. I'm excited. The good news is you don't need to worry about buying a suit anymore. Um, oh, did you like find one in my size or like, did somebody like gift one to you or, um, so, you know, last year when we went to your cousin's wedding. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... It was a super good time and everybody had a great time and no one had any negative experiences. Yeah. I found out actually that you danced with um his sister yeah which is no big deal yeah we had a super great time i got her phone no big deal i think uh she was dating someone at the time yeah yeah um and that guy and her are part of the bridal party so okay i'm not seeing where this is a problem yet um they said they didn't want you to come okay and because they're part of the bridal party they have to be there so okay so because I danced with a person for a song at a yeah. wedding a year ago, I'm not able to was, go to this wedding. I mean, wedding? a year's pretty recent, right? For weddings, you only go like one or two a year, and that was the last one we went to. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they just said they don't want you to come, and okay. they have to be there. So, well, hold on. You know, I just want to make it clear this is a little hypocritical because let's look at the rest of the wedding party, okay? I know Danica. I've talked to Danica, all right? Danica is known to spike punch bowls, all right? And if I recall, well, here's the thing the, the groom no is kids a recovering, but the groom is a recovering alcoholic. And so if she spikes the punch bowl, that whole wedding is going to become a problem, okay? I we want to keep going. Here's, we want to talk thing. about. I th- I'm just saying, I think they're budgeting for that. I think okay, he's a recovering so alcoholic, can... but they're like, hey, we want booze at our wedding. Booze are expensive. Don't worry. Danica spiked the bowl. Okay, hold on. So they're budgeting for a recovering alcoholic falling off the wagon, but not me having one innocent dance with someone who's in a relationship when I myself am also in a relationship. Not everyone is as secure as you are. Okay. That's what we're realizing. And you, and, and let's be clear, you are still going to this wedding. Well, yeah, yeah. I have to show support. Here's the thing is if I don't go, then it means that we didn't want to be there. But if I go, it means, hey, he wishes he could have been here. But obviously, because of the thing that's going on. Of the incident, I guess. Of the incident, right. He can't. 
but we still but we still want to show our support. You know what I mean? Um, and remind me again what we are getting this couple for their wedding gift. Probably like what, fifty bucks? Oh. Fifty bucks, right? That, or should we buy them a, a toaster? That was actually a lot less than I thought we were gonna spend. Huh. Well, I mean like maybe we'd give them a hundred bucks if you were coming, but like yeah. you're not, so like can you make one person, it like, fifty bucks, can you, you know? Can you make it an odd number just to like 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 thirty seven dollars? I feel like thirty seven is low. I feel like we shouldn't yeah. go lower than I mean what if we just yeah. do forty nine? We could do forty nine. This is a weird hill to die on, but if this has if this is the case, then I guess this is where I have to go. All right, have fun at the wedding. I'm gonna go play Destiny, I guess, since I have the time. <laughs> nice. Um, let's do one more. Um okay. You're on a call with twenty three and me to contest your results. Twenty three and me customer support, how can I help you? Um, I think uh this is Alex, by the way. Um Oh, we know. Okay. Sweet. Um I just wanna say I think there's been an issue with my sample i think i was confused with someone else uh no we're pretty sure it's you you are the only person that sent in a semen sample well i don't know why you gave me a cup you need my dna yeah no the instructions say spit well my wife spit that's that's how we got it in there um hold on so was her spit in in the same cup no i don't think that's how it works right it's okay, acidic, I think right? I think that it's in both of our interests to just get to the point of what you were asking about. Right. Anyways, this says I'm only 0.001% Native American. Uh, that's yeah. impossible. Um, well, our test results actually don't go that small. We only, uh, we only stop at the 0.25% because you know anything less than that is like pretty negligible. So well, it says something... trace amounts, and I Google yeah. what trace amounts was. So okay, obviously uh, I did my own research. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Um, so... so this says, like I said, point zero zero trace results of Native American, and also crazy enough, uh, it says zero percent Korean, which is impossible again. Okay. Um, and why do you feel like those results aren't accurate? Well, because my uncle's Korean. Okay. Um, your uncle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but your father isn't? No, but my uncle is, like I told you. Okay. Like, A- and like my dad's sister married Korean guy. His name is Uncle Joe. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not Korean at all. So obviously there's been a mistake. Okay. So if this uncle is only married to you, if this uncle is only related to you by marriage, you, you understand how he has no role to play in your genetics, right? No, but he they got married before I was born. So Okay. Um and did he have anything to do in the copulation that resulted in your birth? But I mean like he married my aunt, so then he was in their bloodline. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. It'd be like I... um say your dad um... I have no idea where this analogy is going to end and I'm a f- I think I actually need to stop you before you get there because I think you're only going to get yourself uh, more confused than you currently are. Um, so let's just go ahead and nip that in the bud, actually. Um, so what we actually recommend for people that are uh, confused or disgruntled about their results is to take it up with their family members specifically. So if you feel like your uncle like wasn't contributing enough, you could actually ask him to like give you more of his 
um, genetic makeup, and then we can run the test again and see if that had anything to do with um, if that played any more effect in it. So if you want to become more Korean, just have him like I don't know bleed in you a little bit. Now, obviously, there are some other associated risks that come with that, but uh, you know it's all in the waiver that you sign when you take the test. The silence means that you understand. I assume. Okay, well, that answers the Korean problem. What about this Native Don't American Don't say it thing? like that. Don't say it like that. But, like, dude, I'm. first of all, I've gotten so many grants for being Native American, and now you're saying I have trace amounts. That doesn't make well, any sense. Yeah, um, most uh, multi-generational American families have, you know, trace amounts of Native American heritage in them that's just kind of, you know, roll of the numbers, that's how that's going to happen. Um, did you, yeah, again, but my grandma was Indian. Okay, now let's be real clear here. When you say Indian, do you mean Native American or do you mean South Asian? Well, from India. That's what Indian is, right? Yes. And you understand that that's different from Native American. No, another word for Native American is Indian. No, it's not, actually. Okay, so I'm starting to understand a lot of where your confusion goes to. So how about instead of doing another res- uh, another like DNA test... Um, I think maybe the best course of action for you would maybe be sixth grade geography and also sixth grade biology. Are you comfortable with that? Is that like a, do you guys pay for that or? Um, I think, Also, I is think, that going to change my results? Because if it's not going to change my results, I'm not really interested. It's going to change how you understand your results. That feels like a you problem though. Because like I get it, you know? Based on this conversation, I can confidently say I don't think you do. I think you're confused about what I'm saying here. So what I'm saying is I'm Native American and Oh no, I'm going this through a tunnel. Oh no, I can't hear you. Oh no, oh no, I'm losing reception. Click. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sometimes that's how you answer sometimes that's how you handle phone calls. You mm-hmm. just sometimes you just have to hang up for the betterment of your and their sake. It's just the it's the magic of customer service. You're like this. It's not helping anybody. <laughs> let uh, let them call is, the the helpline one more time. And let them talk to somebody else. Yeah, my Get favorite a thing opinion. is watching somebody take a customer service call and watching their mental state slowly deteriorate as the call continues further <laughs> yeah. and further. Well, they understand what the problem is, but the other person doesn't, and yeah. there's nothing they could do to explain it to them. Um, let's do some moonlighting. Forgot Sweet. how to talk for a second. Um, I have some stuff to go over. Um, I have 12. We're definitely not doing that. (laughs) I'm going to start us off. I watched Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson flick. Um, and I was super excited. Yeah, I was super excited going into it because, um, I watched Grand Budapest a few weeks ago and I liked that more than I thought I was going to. So I had this like Mm -hmm. new like mind space going into this movie. This movie, Asteroid City, if you have never seen a Wes Anderson movie before, this is what you think they are. Yes. <laughs> so the reason why other Wes Anderson movies work is from the outside looking in, they look like art house pretentious film bro movies. But when you actually watch them, they are lighthearted, comedic, cool stories that have like an actual theme and um, there's a human heart in that element that you don't see from the outside. Um, Asteroid City is is that movie you're afraid of. It is oh so boring. 
Ooh, it's so boring. <laughs> Ooh, nothing happens in this movie. Um, like all of the acting in this movie is not acting. Anybody could do it. Oh, jeez. And n- nobody is like changing their expression. It all just feels so flat. And there are cool parts of this. So the the coolest part about this movie is the way it's told. So the movie itself is a play. And we are watching the play being performed. And there are segments of the movie that are in black and white. And this is like the behind the scenes aspect of the play. It really only takes 10, 15 minutes of screen time of the movie. Uh, most of the movie is the play. But... Okay. We get to there's much more character interaction happening behind the scenes. Uh and so those are the cool parts of the movie. The only problem is the message of the movie is it's okay to not understand what you're watching. It's okay to not understand the part that you're playing as long as you tell the story. As long as you can tell the story, then fully understanding it doesn't make a difference. And it's supposed to relate to this like grander ideal of, you know, life doesn't make sense and that's okay, but it's boring. (laughs) That's the problem. Okay, So did you pick up on that because you're good at picking up on movies or did you have to read that somewhere? There is a line where Adrian Brody says, it's okay if you don't understand the character as long as you keep telling the story. Oh, (laughs) so it was pretty overt. Um, Because I feel like if that wasn't explicitly said, there'd be a lot of people walking out of that movie being like, what the heck just happened? Did they do that on purpose? And so there are a lot of cool moments in the movie, but I think overall it amounts to all the Wes Anderson stereotypes being dialed up to a hundred and it not really paying off. So I would say if you're going to do a Wes Anderson marathon, don't skip this movie, but don't start with this movie. Um, I did not like it. Just know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I did not like it, but I understand why people do. It's like a 5.5 for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to do two. I watched Shaft, the 2001 version. Okay. Back to back with the Shaft, the 2019 version. This is one of those movies that I've been interested in, but haven't had like the right reason to watch them. So the 2001 is Samuel L. Jackson being a badass. 2019 is him finding out he has a son and teaching his son to be a badass. Um, We talked about this a while ago. Samuel L. Jackson should not be the star of the movie. He's great supporting character great but as a main character it feels like he's too samuel l jackson and when he is the main character he defaults to his regular settings and he's just the same dude in every single every single movie so um the first one i mean is of it feels like a late 90s movies it feels like lethal weapon it feels like I mean, all those cop dramas of the time, like a diehard movie. And the second one feels like passing on the torch. I have a son now. He's going to leave my legacy. All of a sudden he gets sensitive, like not super sensitive. Like he's still like, hey, man, you got to stop being a pussy. Hold on. Wait, are these movies not comedies? No. Okay. They I have kind of comedic thought they were elements. Comedies. They have comedic elements, but they're action cop movies, like procedural kind of things. Okay. 
Um, so he, he jokes around his whole mantra is like, I don't cry. Women love me. I shoot people indiscriminately. I, the law doesn't apply to me kind of thing. Like he used to be a cop, but he went rogue. And then they, they're like, all right, you did such a good job. We want you back. And he goes, I'm not working for you guys anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to run my own business. And then it's in the second movie, his son is investigating something and comes to him for help. Okay, so here's um, the crux he's of it. And had little to no interaction with his son. So, like, here's the crux of it. Uh, it are, are they any good? Uh, no. They're dad okay. movies. They're dad <laughs> movies. Um, they're not good. They're not bad. They're just for a very specific demographic. If you have the demographic and you don't watch movies often, then they're going to be pretty good. If you're not of that demographic or you watch movies very often and you know what a good movie is from a bad movie, then you're going to be like, well, this is just like super formulaic and very tropey. And it, it's just, I, it might be entertaining, but like, it's not deep. It's very shallow. <laughs> um, okay. I would give them, I mean, shaft one's probably a six. Um, they're both shaft. Just one came out in 2001, one's 2019. And I, and I think the new one's not as good. I would say that the new one's a five. Okay. But it's very stylized. I watched No Hard Feelings, which is Jennifer Lawrence's new comedy movie. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that she, this is like her first like comedy movie. There's something to, like, because she's so charismatic and funny during interviews, like I had thought that she had done more comedy movies. Not really. This is like the first comedy movie she's led. And um, uh, you is she funny? would, yeah, she's hilarious. Like, um, and when you watch this movie, you get the impression that she has done this before. And uh, awesome. it, it, it's just super natural to her. This movie has a lot of physical comedy in it as well. That's just done super well. Um, so this movie is about uh, Jennifer Lawrence's characters in her early 30s. Um, she's doing okay. She's not great. But she hits like several financial problems in a row. And uh, so she needs to start making money quicker. And she finds this Craigslist ad that's like, hey, our son is a loser. He's about to go off to college. Can someone date him and sleep with him so he gets more confidence and is not a loser anymore? Um, I understand in retrospect that that plot line is a little treacherous to handle vis-a-vis yeah. being appropriate yeah. about it. Let in me just tell mo- you, this only is a comedy when it's a young guy and an older woman. And Otherwise, while, this would be a dramatic thriller, and yeah. someone's going to end up dead or missing. But watching this movie, it doesn't feel creepy. It like it is not like that thought never crossed my mind when I was watching this movie. I'm like, oh, that's a funny premise for a movie, and it was. Um, it it's not a rom com. Like spoiler, they don't end up together in the end. Um. But it still does those rom-com tropes where like they, oh, they find out about the, the premise and now there's a miscommunication and now they don't like each other and now they have to make up. Like there are those like storytelling beats that I don't like that are in this movie, but like, that's really the only problem of it. The rest of the movie is incredibly funny. Um, the the just the cast across the board incredibly strong um andrew barth feldman like natural scene stealer amazing so um it's you know it's a it's a 90 minute raunch com like it's exactly what you would want from a movie like that 
Um, there's that too much more to say about it, except, you know, you would not be wasting your time with this movie. If you feel like all movies are just these big blockbuster, big swing movies, this is the movie you watch to like replenish yourself, give yourself some fresh air. Yeah. This is just like the, this is the modern comedy and it's done really well. You're gonna laugh. And just like the, it, it makes movies feel fun in a way that a lot of movies don't feel fun and that it's super cool when a movie like that is able to come around and be successful doing it so um overall this movie sits at like a seven and a half i liked it a lot is this a movie you have to see in theaters or would you no. be good to wait till it's streaming you you can wait and like yeah okay. that's a whole other thing but yeah um i watched white men can't jump the original and white men can't jump the new one Okay. People hate the new one. It's the same freaking movie, people. (laughs) I watched them back-to-back nights. Watched one one night. The next night I watched it, I watched the new one. It's the same freaking movie. This is like, this is a remix, a remake. It's not a sequel. It's not, it's, it's the same movie with different cast members. Same points, pretty much. I will say in the first movie, Wesley Snipes steals the show. He is the smoothest guy I've like top 10 smoothest people I've seen in a movie. He's so cool. It's ridiculous. And Woody Harrison is, it's hard for, he's the protagonist. It's hard to be on his side because like he has all the right intentions. He's really good at basketball. Um, And the whole point is that they're hustling people for money. And this is how he makes money. Uh, And he's at Santa Santa Monica. He's in like Los Angeles and he's going around trying to hustle people. And he does it with Wesley Snipes. Um, And Wesley knows the area and um, what he's in from out of town. He used to play for college, got injured, and now he's back. He just gambles away all the money. Just like can't make a good decision to save his life. He can't do it. So I can't, I can't root for a guy when it seems like he's, he's not learning his lesson. Um, But that movie's not, it's good feels a little bit repetitive because he makes the same mistake three times in the same movie usually time usually they make the mistake first shows that they make the mistake then um a second time comes around a chance for growth and then they revert back to it and then on the third time they learn the lesson he makes the mistake like four times in a row and at (laughs) some point you're like oh this guy's hopeless so that was really that was annoying in the new one everyone's like well jack harlow can't act he's doing a great job of being a different character. He's not Woody Harrelson, but he's the white guy who plays basketball who's super weird and black guys don't want to be around him. It's the same kind of character. He's just a different white guy. Um, his acting is fine. It feels like they wrote the part for him so he didn't have to act super hard. Like he's just being a version of Jack Harlow and he does a great job. He is great in that movie. Um, and I liked it. I think these movies are equally good for different versions. Would you want to see Jack Harlow try another comedy movie? No. Okay. I think the, the the role has to be written for him, and then he will do a good job at it. It feels like the like The Rock. He, okay. The Rock might be trying to do dramas, might try to do comedies, but you need to write the part with The Rock in mind because he's not gonna like method act and he you know take over the character and you're going to forget it's him. No, you're going to always be reminded it's the rock. And I never forgot that Jack Harlow was Jack Harlow. But the thing is, is the character was close to him. It kind of made it seem like he was good acting. Okay. Like this guy knows what he's doing, but it's like close to who he is in real life. So it wasn't that crazy. You know? Uh, um, yeah. I think these movies are equally good for different reasons, but they're not bad. I think the old one doesn't kind of hold up. And the new one 
has weird parts. Like it, it gets, it's just emo- more emotional, more vulnerable. The guys, you, you, you'd see like a death in the family. It's a whole thing. Like, sure. You know, expectations from your father and stuff. I think they're both a 6.75 or a seven. Okay. Rock on. Uh, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to give it a 7.25. Whatever. It's a 7.25. They're both 7.25s for different reasons. People chill out. It's not that serious. All right. I watched Nimona, which is um, a movie on Netflix that released recently. It is an adaptation of a graphic novel in the same name. And uh, the writer of the graphic novel was also one of the head writers for the She-Ra Netflix animated show. Um, This movie is super cute. I like it a lot. So what I like about it is, you know, it gives off kids movie vibes, but it's more than that because the movie starts with somebody accidentally killing the queen of their nation oh. <laughs> oopsie daisy um and yeah. so the and so the movie is about um this guy trying to clear his name because this guy got framed for killing the queen and now he's trying to clear his name along the way he meets the titular nimona who by appearance just looks like a little girl who actually a shapeshifter and oh, so um, that's kind of the fun of the movie. I really like the aesthetic of this movie. It is um, like cyberpunk mixed with fantasy. So, you know, there's knights and guards and queens and swords, but there's also cars and uh, neon and um, technology and holograms. So it's a really cool blend of aesthetics that I think works really well in this world's favor. Um, I also like that the plot doesn't stop where you think it does. You would think the movie stops. Ah, we found out who it was. We must convince the public that we were correct. That's not where the movie stops. There's like a whole other part of the movie. And that makes it a lot more interesting. Uh, because it's not just following these set beats. Um, on top of that, the animation... Ha- ebbs and flows in certain areas for example like Mm -hmm. i did not like a lot of the backgrounds i feel like the backgrounds were kind of boring uh could have been colored a little bit better um you can tell where they decided the important backgrounds were and the not important backgrounds were um but the care but the character animations across the board i liked a lot because they focused on personality nimona has like so many unique um aspects to her personality and it comes across in how she's animated as well and so it's a really cool use of animation chloe grace moretz voices Nimona kills it maybe one of my favorite voice performances of all time she is fantastic she rolls up and I'm instantly like yep she's cool I like her I I, I, I rock with it Riz Ahmed is the other lead he's the male lead in this movie he's fine um you know nothing to write home about but mm-hmm. you know not bad either uh and just like there this movie has a lot of really cool moments that you really only get from watching the movie. So this is one of those movies that I'm just going to blanket recommend for everyone. Again, hour 45 doesn't take a lot of time. Um, and it, that's an eight out of 10 for me. That's pretty good. That's a high yeah. score. Yeah. Um, I watched Creed three. Okay. Um, I, I have a feeling we're going to do the Rocky series 
freaking three years from now. I don't think so. For a franchise. It's going to be, it could be ages. I'm telling you right now, Creed 3, worst of the Creeds. Okay. It's the worst. And it, it's like not even close. It's obviously the worst. It's about, so Creed um, defends the championship and this is Michael B. Jordan and he retires. I don't want to do this anymore. Then he starts training fighters or he runs a fight promotion and he starts training him. He starts building fights and matching people up. And then his buddy who taught him how to box or got him started in boxing gets out of prison and says, I want a title shot. And he goes, that's not how it works. You have to fight a bunch of people and then you can get a title shot. But he used to be the amateur golden gloves, which is the highest achievement you can get um, without professionally boxing. Um, but he was in prison for like 18 or 20 years. And he goes, I was training the whole time, which is crazy. Just so you know, that's insane. Um, whatever. And then through a series of unfortunate events, he gets the title shot and knocks out the, the champ. And this guy has no professional boxing experience and then knocks out the champ. And then he starts antagonizing Michael B. Jordan and he used him to get that shot. And now Michael B. Jordan has to come out of retirement to fight this guy. This movie, boxing movies are already unrealistic. It feels like fake. I mean, they're all crazy fake storylines. The fact that this guy hasn't fought anybody in 20 years beats the champ. And now now Michael B. Jordan has to come out of retirement and he goes freaking 12 rounds with this guy is insane. Also, like Michael B. Jordan's trying to be sensitive and like they built uh, some of his family story into this, like Creed's family story. Not interesting in the slightest. It feels manufactured. So this whole time I've been thinking the guy that got Creed into boxing, was that not his dad? No. So he wanted to start boxing because of his dad, but his dad didn't train him. He didn't go to fights with his dad. It was another guy. Okay. I shouldn't have asked. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like, it's dude. It so does not matter. This movie is like the Godfather three. Like the first two are good. If you desperately need more story, you just love the universe, then watch the third one. But this is not important at all. It does not give you a nice conclusion to the end. It doesn't, because like the Batman trilogy, at the end, you're like, okay, we're done. There's conclusion. This, you don't need it. The second one ends fine. We do not need more. And they made this creed. It seems unnecessary. It's not that good. Whatever. And I'm the guy. I'm the demo. I'm the young African-American male who's into fighting and sports. And I thought it was okay. But apparently this is the best-selling sports movie of all time. (laughs) And it's whack, bro. It's not even that good. I only saw one scene of this movie while it was in theaters. And it was the scene where he's sitting down with Tessa Thompson. And Tessa Thompson is like, you don't need to do this. Think about the promise you made to your mom or whatever. And I'm like, is this what this movie is? <laughs> I don't want to watch this movie. I love Tessa Thompson. She is she is the Michelle Williams of every movie she's in. Like, all right, let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic. This is crazy. Um, And every time they just ignore her, do it and just do the other thing. Awesome. And she is... The smartest, the wisest, the most reasonable person. And every movie she is, she's in, the guy's like, I hear you. I love you. I am not going to listen to you. <laughs> so that sucks. So Michael B. Jordan says that he wants to make like a whole Creed cinematic universe, which yeah. doesn't make sense because like, let's be clear. Let's be clear. It's just boxing. Like yep. 
Let, let's uh, let's put all our cards on the table. This is just boxing, and mm-hmm. and I'm curious. Oh, by the way, he's... Creed Cinematic Universe, dude, you're a spinoff of Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> what? Are you, who are you? And so that just makes me wonder, like, is Creed like the only thing that's gonna keep Michael B. Jordan successful, and he's just kind of clinging yep. on to it? Except he just joined Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds in buying a portion of was it freaking baseball team? Football, they bought some uh, in the sports. They got into sports somehow. I forgot what team they bought, but he's doing that, and he's got Creed. Listen, bro, love him or hate him, Michael B. Jordan is very handsome. Okay, actor. Yeah. Which is okay. a fact Pit that you and I have spent a lot of time him. coming to terms with. <laughs> yeah, I love him visually. I like looking at him. <laughs> He's a very handsome guy. I wish I looked like him. His character choices are hit or miss. More miss than hit. Okay? That's a fact of life. It sucks. He made Just Mer- Mercy, which is okay. He made the Creeds, which are good. He played Killmonger and Black Panther. He played a very good villain. But that movie's like, he wasn't the star, you know? He made Fantastic Four, bad. He made Fruitvale Station, good. He made a bunch of other stuff. And actually, it's not a bunch of other stuff. He's made like 10 movies. And they're all okay, a few good. Most are mediocre, if not bad. And he's just famous because he's hot. And when I meet him in the future, I'm going to deny I ever said this. And if he pulls it up, I'm going to say I was playing a character. And I'm and this is all, you know, <laughs> an elaborate ruse. But like... It's he's it's, he's not Denzel, you know. Sure, he needs sure. to freaking chill out. Um, I'm gonna knock two out real quick, uh, sure. and then that'll be the last of what I have. Um, I watched Kingsman: The Golden Circle, um, mostly because uh, I watched a bunch of Transformers movies and then The Flash, and I'm like, I need something I can rely on. <laughs> Um, so I watched Kingsman, so I watched Kingsman, the golden, I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters and I was worried, like, what if it doesn't hold up? I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, nah, it's still good. It's still good. I liked it still. Um, it's definitely weaker than the first one, but it still has that same charm. It still carries that same style. The fight scenes are still really cool. Um, I know Elton John a little better than I did when this movie first came out. So all those Elton John jokes made a little bit more sense this time nice. around. Yeah. Um, so all in all, I still like this movie. It's still, it still slaps. It's like that one's still a flat eight. I still like it. Um, and then after rise of the beasts and how rise of the beasts end, I decided to watch the Channing Tatum GI Joe rise of Cobra. <sighs> Okay. I was half watching this movie. I will. I'm going to admit that up front. I was playing Fire Emblem and having this movie on in the background. However, this movie is bad. Like, let like at no <laughs> okay. point was I at no point was I like, hold on, let me put this down, let me see what's going on here. This movie has a weirdly stacked cast. Like Channing Tatum, sure, you know we know he's in this movie. Um, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in this movie. Yep. Christopher Eccleston is in this movie. What's going on here? Um, Dennis Quaid. It's it's just yep. it's Marlon Way- Marlon Wayans. What? Oh my God! Don't need him. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Isn't he a big- Joe? Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. So the problem that I think that GI Joe has, even back in two thousand nine is G.I. Joe is irrelevant because the concept of G.I. Joe has been replaced with other things like Captain America where like, and just like 
other things of the same nature where it's, hey, we have these soldiers and they're just really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly an interesting premise. And so when they're explaining like the concept of G.I. Joe, they're like, it's a black market off the books operation we have a bunch of incredible technology and that's our thing is we have good technology and i'm like i've seen this movie before <laughs> this if is i have to watch one more movie about an elite group of fighters that the world doesn't know about i mean give me a break bro yeah it's just the the jokes that they do aren't funny which i understand it's not a comedy but like you know when you, when you are an action movie it goes Action and then the quips. That's the kind of how you have to yep. measure it. <laughs> and then like female character that you get at the end. And the, the action is fine. Nothing to write home about. It's that it's you know explosion centric. You know this is a product of this is a consequence of Michael Bay's Transformers <laughs> yeah. movie. Um, yep. You know we we did Transformers well, so as a consequence, we have to do GI Joe poorly. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it, it was a waste of time. Hey, gang, if you saw Rise of Beast and you're like, I want to watch G.I. Joe, don't waste of time. Four out of ten. Yeah, I remember watching it with our friend Keegan, who's been on the podcast a long time ago, because um, it was one of the first movies I was on Netflix. Yeah. Like way uh-huh. back when Netflix was streaming. Um, we watched it and it is built for 12 to 15 year old boys <laughs> where it's just slow mo scenes, explosions, dialogue is irrelevant it's just how cool does it look and i think when you're out of that demo don't watch this movie (laughs) yeah don't get me wrong i'm still interested in finishing the gi joe franchise kind of just for kicks and giggles but uh don't if it if you're thinking about it don't let me be let me be your conduit for that sure um i watched the mule it just got added to netflix it's a clint Clint Eastwood eastwood movie it's so freaking boring, dude. Awesome. Here's oh. obvi- and here's the thing. Clint Eastwood is so close to death that I think we're just <laughs> I think we're just letting him make whatever he wants. So when he dies, we can all be like he he milked it to the end. We didn't deny him anything. The dude is ancient, bro. And in this movie, he's supposed to be like in his 70s or 80s. You'd be like, if he was in the 70s or 80s, he would look younger than this. He's so old. He looks frail. And the whole premise is that he runs out of money. He's estranged from his family and he wants to make up. And his business um, went bankrupt. So now he can spend more time with his family. And he starts to get extra cash um, moving cocaine across the country. Um, And he never gets pulled over because no one suspects him. And he's very, I wouldn't say very charismatic, because I think he just wrote in a bunch of freaking uh, politically incorrect scenes to show that he's old. <laughs> but the thing is, is Clint Eastwood is actually old. And I bet you he's like, I bet you if I write it in here, people are going to think I'm playing a character. But this is just me saying, hey, Mexicans <laughs> are hard workers. It's weird. These are my African-American friends. It, it felt weird. I'm like, hey, man, you're actually old. This character looks like it's based on you. But it's based on a true story about a guy moving a ton of weight for the cartel. He gets caught and says, hey, man, I got to spend the money on a bunch of cool stuff. Does not worry about laundering it. He just walks around with freaking 50 grand in his pockets, just giving it to people. Does not think it through at all. Buys his first or second paycheck. He just 
buys a brand new truck in cash. So I'm looking through um, his credits. I didn't realize how long Clint Eastwood had been a director. I thought he yeah. was one of those like actors that became a director later in life. No, he's just yeah. kind of always been a director. He's been here for a long time. And, he, and put, based, he puts himself in half of his movies. And based on what I've seen, he is inconsistent about it. Yep. <laughs> There's some bangers yep. on um, here. I wouldn't and recommend some not. I wouldn't recommend to anyone. Oh, I would recommend it to old people who want to feel relevant. Oh, okay. Because the, the whole movie is an old grandpa who's taking care of his family way past the point where he has an obligation to. That's not your job, but I guess you can. And also, I want to say when Alex said old people that want to stay relevant, everyone that's listening to this thought of somebody you thought yeah. of somebody that that term applies to you yeah, can recommend this movie to that years person old, 90 years old who's like hey man we built this country and yeah okay this movie's for you a 90 year old man who's taking care of his family way past the point where he has to and it's just straight up not his job and then he just eats the sentence and says I'm guilty because of course he has a sense of integrity but he didn't when he was moving 150 pounds of cocaine <laughs> to disenfranchise people and ruining their lives. But now he says, I'm guilty. I'll do the time. Sure, bro. You know, you're going to die in two years, so it doesn't matter anyway, but you ruin thousands of people's lives, but we're going to ignore that because you have a sense of integrity. This movie sucks. It's not good. It's very boring. The whole time you're only watching this to see what he spends his money on. That's the entire thing. You don't care about anything else. Nothing else matters. Spoiler alert. He's there when his, ex-wife dies and it's supposed to be his come to jesus moment and he's a good person now whatever <laughs> whatever this movie is a four it's boring i don't recommend it the fact that it's like top 10 on netflix right now is a tragedy i think people are just watching it because bradley cooper's in it spoiler alert he's in 20 minutes not worth watching for um oh, right yeah i'm done okay um Next week, we're just going to skip right into it. We're, we're running long. We're going into it. Um, next week, we are watching, in our continuation of Summertime Sadness, we are watching Grave of the Fireflies. This is, this is, our, this is our sad animated movie. Um, uh, this one's super short. Um, I'm excited to watch it. It's uh, been recommended to me by a lot of people. So we're going to see how devastating it is. Um, but that's next week. Until then. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.